Good morning, one and all. Uh, Last Sunday, I was privileged to be able to share a message on perhaps the greatest verse in the Bible, John 3.16. A verse that, as I spoke it, you spoke it along with me. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. This week on Mother's Day, I purposefully want to share one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. You have certain chapters that just uh, sing out God's praises, His powers, promises. One of those uh, chapters is 1 Corinthians 15, a chapter known as the Resurrection chapter. Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, and all that that proclaims to me in my life and to all of humanity. You have Romans chapter 8, a significant chapter in the Bible, for that chapter talks about nothing being able to separate us from the love of God. Not life, not death, not angels, not demons, not things present, not things to come, not height, nor depth, nor cancer, nor divorce, nor coronavirus. Nothing separates us from God. And you also have in Romans chapter 8 that beautiful, beautiful verse, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. You have some great chapters in the Bible. But the 23rd chapter of the book of Psalms has to be, perhaps, the greatest in the minds of most Christians. Psalm 23. Messages entitled, The Shepherd's Psalm on a Mother's Day. And as I was preparing the message, that is whom I was thinking of. This is the gift I want to give to mothers on this Mother's Day. I want to give them the gift of the 23rd Psalm. Mom, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not be in want. Mom, he will make you to lie down in green pastures. And he will lead you beside quiet waters. Mom, he will restore peace to your soul as many times today as you need it. Mom, he will guide you in paths of righteousness that his name might be glorified in your life, in your children's life, in your husband's life, in the life of those who are your friends. He will guide you in paths of righteousness that His name might be glorified and honored. And they will see that in you. Mom, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you need fear no evil, for God Himself is with you. His rod and His staff, they will comfort you. Mom, I'm going to remind you That whatever is going on in your life right now, and there is more than usual, Mom, I'm going to remind you that God prepares a table for you. You prepare a table for your family whenever they sit down for a meal. Mom, I'm reminding you that God sets a table before you in the presence of whatever enemy is troubling your mind at this moment. God anoints your head, Mom, with oil and your cup of blessing overflows. Mom, 
Surely God's goodness and mercy will follow you because of your position in life as a mother, because of who you are as a person, because of all the lives that you influenced and touched, not only those lives that belong to you by blood, but you, dear ladies, have a way of gathering friends around you that us males do not. Surely God's goodness and mercy has followed you all the days of your life. And when this life is over, you, dear mom, will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm thinking about mothers as I share this message. Shepherd's Psalm, David wrote it. He wrote it in the sunset time of his life. And as he writes the 23rd Psalm, he writes it as the inspired testimony which comes from a life that has been enriched and deeply blessed spiritually. Mom, when it comes the time when you have an opportunity to sit down and write in your books or delineate to people that you're talking to, maybe your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren somewhere down the road, you will have a picture of your life that you present to them. You'll tell them, here's what happened when I was a young girl, and here's what happens as a teenager, and here's what happened when I was in my 20s and 30s and 40s, and this was the year that the coronavirus came, and here's what life was like at that time. You will discourse on what has happened in your life. On a Mother's Day, I always think of one uh, verse in the Bible, Proverbs 31.30. It says, beauty is fleeting. Sorry about that. Charm is deceptive, but the woman who has a faith in her Lord is much to be praised. And the reason that the woman who has faith in the Lord is much to be praised is because it affects you personally. The stresses and the pressures upon those who bear the title mother are enormous on this earth. It is not only you that you care for, it's your little chicks, it's your children that you care for. And then if you're married, you have a spouse, and, and the pressures are enormous. But if you have this faith in God, you wake up every morning and indeed you say, Lord, I can't get through this day without you, but with you, I can get through anything. So the woman who fears the Lord is much to be praised because of what God does in your life. And then, dear mothers, if you know the Lord, guess who else gets to know the Lord? Your children. If you know the Lord, your children get to know the Lord because you're speaking about Him all the time. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. David, as he writes this psalm, looks back at his life, Evan, even as you mothers look back upon your life. He looks at his life, and all of the episodes in his life, there is one thing that he came to realize. God was with him. David was one who experimented in the things not seen. 
And the thing not seen was God. And when he's eight or nine years of age, a bear comes against his sheep. And, and later on, a mountain lion comes against his sheep. And he literally says in 1 Samuel 17, the bear ran off with my sheep and the lion went off, ran off with my sheep and I went after them and I struck them down and I brought the sheep back safely. He knew as an eight-year-old boy, as he's chasing the bear and the lion, he knows that God is with him. And six years later when he is facing a giant who's nine feet tall, standing in front of him with a spear the size of a pine tree. David does not see the giant. He sees the one not seen. He sees God and he says, You come against me with the spear and the shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. What 14-year-old has so strong a faith in God that they see him instead of the giant's? David, when he writes the 23rd Psalm, has an entire history of the one not seen being with him. It was the bear and the lion. It was Goliath. And then you have King Saul, who for a number of years is chasing David, trying to kill him. And he sees God in the midst of that period of time when every single day he wonders if he's going to die at the hands of King Saul. And then there's Jonathan, King Saul's son, who became David's dearest friend. How does the son of his most vicious enemy become his dearest friend and save his life more than once from the hands of Saul? How does Jonathan become his dear friend? It's God. When he commits the unthinkable sin of adultery, with Bathsheba, and then the murder of Uriah. When that sin comes into his life, and he's confronted with that sin by the prophet Nathan, he doesn't want to live anymore when he realizes what he's done. He wishes he wasn't alive. And then he begs God in Psalm 51, he says, Restore unto me the joy that I used to have in the salvation that I received from you. Restore that joy to me. And David experienced something more powerful than his defeat of Goliath. He experienced something more powerful than his defeat of the bear and the lion. He experienced the forgiveness of God. And that forgiveness of God changed his life, brought him closer to God than anything else had. Moms, the bears and the lions... They've been part of your life history. You've had Goliath as part of your life history. Maybe Goliath was in the realm of finances or in the realm of health or in the realm of a relationship. You've faced your Goliath. Could you write what David wrote? Could you write, whatever I face, bears, lions, Goliath, Whatever I faced, the one not seen was with me. Moms, are any of you perfect out there? David wasn't perfect. This grievous sin. Any perfect moms out there? 
Is there any mom who said something in the past they wish they never would have said, they wish they could have taken back that word or that statement? It hurt that individual so much. Any perfect moms out there? Any moms out there who have nothing in their life they could wish they could push the redo button and have that moment over again because they do something entirely different? Any perfect moms out there? Raise your cup of coffee. If there are no perfect moms out there, then you must have experienced what David experienced. You must have experienced what I've experienced, what any Christian on this earth has experienced. Dear Mom, you, like Luther, I daily sin much, but God forgive me. Forgive me the critical nature, the sharp tongue. Forgive me, Lord. And He does. And you know it. And you move on forgiven. David, as he wrote this psalm in the latter period of his life, looked back at all of the episodes and he said, The Lord God was my shepherd. When I was eight years of age, when I was 15, when I was 28, the Lord was my shepherd. Moms, can you say the same thing? I'm sharing this psalm with you so you can jump right into the psalm and say, the Lord is my shepherd because I've faced the enemy, because I've committed sins that God has forgiven when David finished his psalm, his face wrinkled with the passage of time, his body aching with the passage of time. When he wrote this psalm, it was a psalm of absolute joy and thanksgiving. For he wrote, Surely goodness and mercy has followed me all the days of my life. And when this life is over, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely the shepherd anointed my head with oil. My cup of blessing overflows. The oldest mom in this congregation is Marie. She is 98 years of age. We have some brand new mothers in this congregation. We have a mom whose first baby is a month old. And whether you're a mom who's lived decades on this earth, or whether you're a brand new mom, can you say the same thing? You must say the same thing this morning. With the coronavirus going on and that being the Goliath of the moments, you must say the same thing because it changes your outlook on the day and it changes your outlook on life. You must be able to say, in spite of everything, God has anointed my head with oil. My cup of blessing overflows. There are 66 books in the Bible. There are individual chapters in each book. And each chapter has a key that opens up that chapter. The key to the 23rd Psalm is sitting right there at the front door. 
is right there in the very first sentence. The Lord is my shepherd. There can be no appreciation of the other truths mentioned in this in these six verses if the first truth is not accepted. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say the Lord is Israel's shepherd. He didn't say the Lord is a shepherd. He didn't say the Lord is the shepherd. No, 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 no. He said the Lord is my shepherd. As if I'm the only person on this earth. The Lord is my shepherd. Mom says you listen to this message. The Lord is your shepherd. Every true believer in Christ says the same thing. Whether they're male or female, whether they're single, widowed, married or divorced, whether they're rich or poor, whether they're sick or healthy, every true believer in Christ says the same thing. The Lord is my shepherd. Christianity is the possession of a person. Christianity is not primarily a code of ethics. It is not a rule of behavior. It is not a philosophy of life. Christianity is a person. And that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. You possess Him through the working of the Holy Spirit. People have asked me lately, when you're up there preaching, Pastor, it looks like you got people sitting out there in the pew because you're looking all over the place. How can that be? And I say to them, I see people. I see Tom and Denise where they sit. I see Cliff over there. I see the Kirshners here. I see Daryl and Teresa there. I see Mike and Laura there. I see Bob and Penny over there. I pretend that I see you. When it comes to Christianity in this person named Christ, we're not pretending that he's alive. He is not a myth or a fairy tale or a legend. He is as real as a person sitting in the room with you. Christianity is a person. And that person is so powerful, he creates the universe. He is so loving that he dies on that cross for us. And he is so caring that he looks at you as a vulnerable sheep. And he holds you to his bosom. If the Lord is your shepherd, then you can add the next line, I shall not once, shall not once. When you're a child... You tell people, this is my mom, this is my dad, I'm not afraid of anything. When I was growing up, I was really, really skinny and I was really, really scrawny. And my brother, who was a year older, he was a wrestling champion up there in Minnesota. He didn't loan me any of his muscles, but he loaned me something very important. Because there was more on, there was more than one occasion in my life when I was being bullied and then I would go home and I'd say, Al, can you come with me? And when the bullies saw my brother Al, <laughs> they disappeared fairly quickly. 
what bullies you, mom, what fear bullies you, what anger bullies you, what personality quirk bullies you. This is my shepherd. I woke up with him this morning. He's with me through the entirety of this day. I cannot live my life without him. But with him I can live abundantly. I cannot raise my children without him. But with him I can raise them to know the same shepherd that I know. David said, I shall not want for pardon. He restores my soul. It's not the first blessing mentioned, but it's the first fruit of spiritual experience. When he confessed his sin, he was forgiven, and he could move on in life believing that God had taken care of it, that he had trampled the sin under his feet, cast it into the depths of the sea. I remind you, Mom, that you can do the same things. You shall not want for pardon. Jesus said in the New Testament, every sin and every blasphemy can be forgiven a man. But the sin must be confessed. The sin that enslaves us, that builds a barrier, must be confessed. Lord, here is the area that I need your grace. My temper is too quick. My tongue is too sharp. My judgment is too critical. Lord, here's where I need your help. Because I want my family to see something other than what they're seeing. I want my friends to see something other than they're seeing. You bring the sin to God and you say, God, if you could get the Israelites through the Red Sea, then you can take this sin that enslaves me. You can wrap it up in your hands and you can find paths of deliverance for me. You shall not want for pardon. Secondly, you shall not want for peace. If the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want for peace. He makes you to lie down. How many of you, when you are troubled, get up in the middle of the night and you pace back and forth? You go downstairs and you pace back and forth. He makes you to lie down. And if you don't physically get up and pace back and forth, then your mind is doing that as you lay there in bed. It's pacing back and forth. You're sitting there saying, why don't you shut down mind so that I can get to sleep? He makes your mind to lie down. And He leads you beside still waters. He gives you peace. Jesus speaks the truth in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says to you, Mom, Dad, whoever you are, He says to you, bring to Me whatever burden you have. Whatever you are laboring with, with whatever fear or worry or shame or guilt or anger or jealousy you're dealing with, bring it to me. Leave it with me. Walk away. And I will give you rest. Where does our rest come from? Where does our peace come from? Come from the promises of God. Where are the promises? They're here. How many are there? Depends on which site you Google. 
You Google one side, says there's 7,400 promises. You Google another side, says there's 7,200 promises. You Google another side, it says there's 7,000 promises. Where does your peace come? They come from the promises of God. Come from the promises of God. His promises are forever true. It's not like out of the 7,000 promises, 3,500 of them are true, and the others are a little bit shady. He doesn't speak white lies. Something doesn't come out of his mouth that's not true, but it's going to make you feel better. When he speaks, he speaks truth. When Jesus said, I'm the way to peace, when he says, I'm the truth, and when he says, I'm life, he's talking about these promises, he's talking about himself. I am the truth, and every promise ever given is true. I am the way to abundant life and everlasting life, and I am life itself. He gives you peace. Ephesians 2.14, the Apostle Paul, remembering the 23rd Psalm, said this, Jesus Christ is our peace. Prophet Jeremiah, he said, if you think you're going to get peace, Jeremiah 9.23, if you think your peace is going to come from your wisdom, you won't have it. If you think your peace is going to come from your wealth, you won't have it. If you think your peace is going to come from your strength, your power, your connections, you won't have peace. But if your peace comes from the Lord God Almighty, then it shall be yours now, and it shall be yours forever. You have Jeremiah in the Old Testament, you have the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, and you have Jesus Christ Himself saying to you on this Mother's Day, I will be your peace. And finally, you shall not want for pardon or peace, you shall not want for provision. He said it makes you to lie down in green pastures. It may sound silly to you, but uh, he doesn't say gray pastures or brown pastures. He says green pastures. In the old days, you'd walk down a city street and you'd see sycamore trees. And their branches would stretch across the road, forming a canopy of green. And in the old days, on that same city street, you would see a telephone pole. It was splintered, it was gassed, it was weather-beaten. What's the difference between the sycamore tree and the telephone pole? The answer, you know, quite easily. The sycamore tree has roots. The telephone pole has none. It's just a dead piece of wood placed into the grounds. Why will you not lack for provision? Why will your pastures be green if the Lord is your shepherd? Because you have sunk your roots deep into His promises. Psalm 1 verse 3. The believer is like a tree planted by the rivers of water that yields its fruit in season. His leaf shall not wither. 
And whatsoever that Christian does shall prosper. Green pastures, satisfaction, plenteous provision, no famines or droughts with regards to His providing for us. No famines or droughts with regards to His providing for us. Moms, dads, teenagers, children, single adults, there will be famines in your life. There have been in mine. There will be droughts in your life. There have been in mine. There will be storms and fires and floods in your life. But there are no famines or droughts with regards to His providing for us. He literally says it, does He not, Isaiah? The flood will come, but my provision will keep you from being drowned. The fire will come, but my provision will keep you from being consumed. John 16.33 The storm will come, but I will be stronger than the storm. Shall not want for pardon, for peace, or for provision. I'm going to stop there. 23rd Psalm has three more promises to you. And in a couple of weeks, if God puts us all together, I want to share the final three promises. Let me have a prayer with you. Lord, some are sitting there in their pajamas, and their coffee is right next to them. Some of them have children sitting next to them. Some of them have a friend. Some have spouses. Some do not. Some sitting there have a specific area that they've lifted up to you. Lord, fear and worry have always been part of my life, and this has exasperated it so much. Uh, Lord, you my shepherd... Help me find a path of escape. As we sit here on a Sunday morning, Lord, we have much to be thankful for. The provision of your pardon and your peace through your Son's death on that cross and through His resurrection. He said, because I live, ye shall live also. An untortured life on this earth if you have me as your shepherd, an everlasting life with me in heaven. Lord, be with those who this year, for the first time, do not have a mother on this earth because she's up there in heaven. Be with Pastor Sauer, be with my daughter-in-law Rachel, be with many others in this congregation. We lift our hands to you and we thank you for anointing our head with oil for making it so that our cup of blessing has overflowed. Never a moment that we do not realize your presence, your peace, and your strength. In our Savior's name, amen.